Good evening, everybody. I want to start with uh, thanking you for thankful for our visitors tonight. I'm very happy with the opportunity that I'm given to come and speak with y'all tonight. Um, I will start with uh, 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 8. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Love is such a great thing in this world, but what does love really mean? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 2, But have not love, I am nothing. Love is a very special emotion that God has given us. To be able to truly love someone is one of the greatest feelings you can have, but it is very sacrificial for everyone. I heard a quote from uh, Keanu Reeves. He was having an interview with this guy on a talk show host, and he asked him, are you a lover or are you a fighter? Now the other person in the interview said she was a lover. Now Keanu Reeves goes on to say, how can that be true? The woman he was with was confused and she said, what do you mean? Then Keanu said, how can you truly love someone if you aren't willing to fight for the ones that you love? If you're willing to sacrifice your own life for someone else, what greater love is there? Even arguably the most well-known Bible verse in the world, John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus was willing to make that sacrifice. I think sometimes we can underestimate how sorrowful, how cruel the story of Jesus dying really was. Jesus was willing to die not just for his family, not just for his disciples, not just his friends, but sinners. Jesus, when he was praying to God in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, in Gethsemane, it says, O oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus was asking if there was any other way, let it be done. But no, God gave us hope by letting him die on that cross. It would be different if Jesus was dying for the people that loved him as well. But Jesus was dying for the people that was spitting on him, the murders, everyone. The sad part is, none of us really deserve this kind of love from him. None of us. But you know, when Jesus asked for this cup to pass from him, God could have just said, you know what, Jesus, you can come home. These murderers, these sinners... They don't deserve to be saved. He could have sent his angels to get Jesus in a heartbeat. All it would have took was for God to allow Jesus not to go on that cross. If that happened, no point in going to church or anything because we would not stand a chance of going to heaven. But that's not how the story ended, was it? Jesus would go on that cross and he would die for each and every one of us. Now that is the greatest example of love anyone can have. After Jesus resurrected and was about to go back into heaven, he gave us a great responsibility. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, the Great Commission. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Great Commission. Even Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. 
We need to let our light shine everywhere we go, work, school, anywhere we can to show that we believe in Jesus Christ. On May 19th, 2013, President Barack Obama gave a commencement speech at the Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. I learned about this speech analyzing texts in school, but this speech in particular I thought could be used for the Bible. It says, you now wield something even more powerful than the diploma you're about to collect, and that's the power of your example. So what I ask of you today is the same thing I ask every graduating class I address. Use this power for something larger than yourself. Our examples can either benefit or bring down so many people. Say you're out in town and you're out cussing and drinking, and someone you know from church sees you doing all this. How is that going to look on you, your personal self? I mean, seriously, that doesn't show the light. That doesn't show the example that Jesus wants us to be each and every day. Let's say you're telling someone how great Jesus is, how you're committed to church. You're talking about how great it is to be a Christian, how God loves me and how he's my father. Then I go out and start sinning publicly and everyone is seeing this. Someone's going to look at me and be like, you're not a Christian. Christians don't act like this. But also, new up-and-coming Christians trying to bring their lives to Christ will say, wow, I didn't know Christianity was like this. Christians are just like everyone else. By showing a bad example, you're hurting more than just yourself. You could be hurting not only the actual person, but their faith as well. We have to be so careful in our walks with Christ. Just the fact that I could influence someone in a way that can make them lose their soul. I am definitely don't want to risk with so much on the line help someone losing their soul. Even back to Matthew chapter 28, go therefore and make disciples. We're not trying to lose disciples. No, we're never going to be perfect. But if we can keep our hearts on God and show others how great he really is, we will make disciples and change so many lives. Sometimes it's hard to be that good example, though, especially in public, because people don't take you seriously whatsoever. It's so hard to be a good example when you just have people making fun of you. You may think, what even is the point of this? No one's going to listen to me. But whenever, well, being that good example, you're going to have to go through the hard times. But in the end, it's worth it. No matter if you bring one person to church, that one person has a better chance of going to heaven with you. The only goal is to make it to heaven and bring as many people with us as we possibly can. The last subject I want to talk about is preparation. If you would flip over to Genesis chapter 22, we're going to start with the first four verses. It says, Now it came to pass, after these things, that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains on which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Previously, Abraham had waited so long to get this son. 
remember, Abraham didn't have Isaac till he was 100 years old. And now he's having to give him straight up. And this must have been so hard for Abraham. Let's go ahead and read uh, verses 5 through 12. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey and the lad, and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the, so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there, and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the lad, or do anything to him, for I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. This is such a great story. This story not only shows how much faith Abraham had, but also how prepared Abraham was to drop everything and do exactly what God said. Abraham was really going to kill him. This is no easy task for him. It's his son. But Abraham knew that God promised him Isaac would be the child to carry on his lineage, that he would have Abraham's descendants that would end up being God's people. So no matter what, Abraham was prepared to do whatever God told him to do, no matter how high the stakes were. I don't know if any of you know the person by the name of Eric Thomas. He is a former Navy SEAL and motivational speaker. I heard one of his speeches and he said some things that I, might, I could relate to the Bible. This is what he said. In the military, one of the first things they teach you is one, how to recover after having a jammed gun. Number two, how to carry a dead body. Not how to defend yourself, not how to swim. No, the first thing they teach you is what to do when you have a jammed gun or how to carry a dead body. Why start there? Because that's the worst case scenario. That's what you're not prepared for. You're not thinking when you're out there that your gun is going to get jammed or that your best friend will end up getting killed. It's not all the hardships that broke you. What will break you is the things you're not prepared for. It's not the thing that broke you that broke you. It's the fact that you didn't even know that you could be broken. As Christians, we have to be prepared because Jesus is coming back and I don't want to look at him and him tell me, I never knew you. We have to be ready when our gun is jammed. Because when Jesus comes, it's too late. It would be such a pain sitting in hell, knowing I could have done better. Knowing I could have changed. And that's my motivation that I try to live with every single day. I don't want to be stuck there, knowing I could have done better. Our entire lives, we've been taught how great heaven really is. That should be our motivation to live for God. Tonight, if you're not prepared, if you're stuck, if you're not where you know you should be,